This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, July 24th. It's Pie and Beer Day. And this is episode 147. <laughs> yes, it no, is. It'll be 148, Matt, because last week was 147. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was episode 49. Slash 165. <laughs> Tonight is episode 166. And we're going to we're gonna make this a little bit shorter show because we... It's a doing... holiday and we're still here doing this show for you guys. Yeah. And we were doing stuff before the show and then I need to get it edited and all done by Thursday night because I am blowing town for the mountains yeah. to go camping. So Whose town? This town. All the towns. Oh. I'm going to blow yeah. them all? I'm gonna be, yeah. <laughs> his, name is, his first name is Pete. I'm going to be out in the uh, wilderness. Pete Townsend. And Dan's not nearly young enough for that. For Pete Townsend? Yeah. I know Pete Townsend. Didn't he have- We're like, we're like this. Yeah, that's why he's blowing them. Didn't he have child, child porn on his computer? Pete Townsend? No. What? From The Who? Did, what? I never heard about that. Mm. I have not heard that. Well, I have I have inside info <laughs> I have... on a bunch of different UK residents oh. and their goings on. Mm-hmm. Did Pete Townsend have a van? <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. He might have had a windowless arc. Ooh. <laughs> I noticed that in addition to the porn stash, you have a bit of a beard today. I haven't shaved in a couple of days. Yeah. Well, yeah, you haven't been at work, right? No, I, I took off from work on Saturday to get new ink done, so I haven't shaved since. That's right. It's looking really good, yeah. man. How much it, longer have you got? Uh, two more sessions. Oh. So, 12 hours. They're each 12 hours? No, six, no 12 oh. total. Like, this was six hours right here. Yeah. Of... So, I didn't ask you earlier, but why the giant dildo? Oh, uh, it's, it's, an, <laughs> it's an astronaut? <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, exactly. An astronaut. Astronaut. Uh, cause I felt like it mm. doing, doing the space theme, put an astronaut in there to make it. Something. I think you're right. Pri- I think cool. you're promoting some flat earth theory with the trees being so close to the astronaut. <laughs> well, that's just to give a breakup on the wrist. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A likely story. It looks pretty sweet though. Aren't you the one who brought all the flat earther shit to us? Yeah. Well, that was, that was for the secretly... Patreon only section. <laughs> so if you want to hear the flat earth shit, you got to go to the, become a Patreon member. You're secretly into the flat earther stuff. It's some crazy shit. Well, like, yeah. and I still dive into it once in a while on YouTube because you get the actual scientists that are arguing back and forth with flat earthers where they're trying to like one up each other. But the crazy <laughs> flat earthers are like, well, yeah. But you're trying to use gravity to explain your side, and we all know gravity is not real. It's just made up. Like, can you show me gravity? (laughs) Can you give me a handful of gravity? Yeah. (laughs) The reason why things fall to the ground is because we're at the bottom. Like, everything falls towards the bottom. (laughs) So dumb. 
It is. <laughs> How much overlap it's... is there with flat earthers and the hollow moon guys? Uh, I don't know, but the flat earthers, the reason why they believe it is because it's biblical. Because the oh, Bible right. describes the Bible the describes is... the earth as flat, uh, surrounded by an ether. Mm-hmm. So the ether is like. So the... cert- so certainly Christians should be should believe in a flat earth. And that's who mainly it is that are believing like the hardcore flat earthers use religious background to back up their evidence for why it's flat. Yeah. And any, and anybody who calls themselves a Christian and, and accepts a round earth is not being true to their book. True. They're accepting science. And they, they even like to use old Christian, uh, uh, drawings, like ancient drawings of the earth being flat and like, see, if it was true then, why isn't it true now? <laughs> it's like, because. Because of well, hell, anybody who gets sick and goes to the doctor isn't isn't putting all no. of their faith in the book. I mean, true, yeah. If you wash your hands, you're not putting all of your faith in the book because if you got sick before, it was that you were had a demon in you and yeah, just but needed to get it out. Right, right. God created a science guy. To a science guy, not, Bill Nye, not Bill Nye. This was a different science Bill, guy Bill, in Bill. in like the late 1800s uh-huh. to come up with a thing called germ theory. God gave him that knowledge. God made a science guy to come up with germ theory. Yeah, and then to invent soap to combat those germs he created. Well, it's, it's interesting that God would wait all the way until then to have someone discover the fucking germs that he created at the very beginning for no it was, reason. It was an oversight. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I created something I'm sure here. It was, yeah. I got a lot of creations. I gotta think I gotta think through this. Which creation is it that's making them sick? It's like, well, I never Not expected the butterflies. Them to eat dirt and shit. <laughs> yeah. I gotta fix that. <laughs> well, uh tonight we've got a lot of stuff going on. What did you guys do? Oh, so so what I did during the week. So over the last week, I've been fucking busy. I bought a truck. It's very nice. Yeah, you did. Nice yeah. truck. Got a 2004 Ford F-150 with the long bed and super cab. Now you can haul more shit in air conditioning. So it's got the suicide doors, but the long bed. I wanted the long bed because I have to haul all of the atheists of Utah shit everywhere. And without the long bed, that makes it difficult. Yeah. Um, But this truck is so big that it's also very difficult to park places. (laughs) You have a little spider on your thing, I think. Do I? Yeah. Is it a spider? Looked like a spider. Anyway, so I got a truck, and then I had to go and get it inspected and get the emissions done, and then I had to go get the temporary tags for it. Got all of that done during the week. Then Thursday, we had uh, the board for Atheists of Utah come over and go through all of the Atheists of Utah property, throw away a bunch of garbage and old stuff, Sort through it all, do inventory, get it all cleaned up and ready for Pride in Ogden. What is that, next weekend or the weekend after? It's like the first weekend in August, isn't it? I think so, like yeah. the 8th or something? So we got all of that stuff ready. Uh, we had the Atheists of Utah annual board meeting. I, so I did all the recording and set up for that. Um, then we had Megan come and talk to us. On Sunday, mm-hmm. do a do a presentation for Atheists of Utah. And, yeah, doing all the setup for that. Had a pie and beer day party on Friday. I've been running ragged, man. <laughs> and then work has just been going nuts, too. Like I saw, yeah, I saw you post done... something the other day saying, oh, like, yeah. fuck work, time yeah. to drink. By the end of Friday, I was just like, fuck it. 
My fucking bucket's full, man. <laughs> Way too many drops fell into the fucking bucket on Friday, and it was overflowing, so I was done. And then today was just a continuation of that. I've been just super fucking busy. But what did you guys do? Uh, I worked Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Watching badass storms roll through the desert, thinking we're going to be fucking working. More dry lightning, yay! It ended up being very wet lightning, luckily, but was up late that night anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we had like 200 some odd lightning strikes in the base or two miles from the base. Oh, wow. Damn. So yeah, we got lucky that nothing really caught fire that night. Then, of course, got the tattoo started, the uh, outer space with the astronaut. It's looking really cool, man. It does look cool. And then uh, I went and saw Dunkirk. Right. And that was Which, good. Yeah, I liked it. It was it was it was done differently than I thought it was going to be, but I still enjoyed the movie. Does, you mean differently because it was PG thirteen? No, or? differently because the way the way the storyline unfolds, mm-hmm. it was very unique. It didn't follow a traditional like process of telling the story. So hmm. yeah, it was different that way. Hmm. Well, cool. We're, yeah. And you, Matthew? Uh, I was busy all weekend too. Just errands and getting shit for Lake Powell trip. Yeah. That's exciting. I, I haven't been to Powell in so long. Like, I don't even know what the water level is there anymore. I have never it's, been there. It's up quite a bit from what it, ha- but it depends on how long you've been there, how long it's been since you've gone. Cause yeah. the last few years it's been dropping a lot. And so now it's finally coming back up. And so a lot of the beaches and stuff that we had a couple of years ago are gone, but yeah, I just basically run around getting shit from a boat. Yeah. That's that's cool. I haven't, like I said, I haven't been there forever. I we had talked uh, with some other friends about. Hey, I remember when I was younger, and we would go to Lake Powell with our friends, and you know we would take tents, and maybe one or two people would have a boat, or somebody would bring a jet ski. We get fucked up, and we'd just <laughs> get totally shit faced, and then we'd see people drive by on these giant houseboats, and looked like that was cool, and then I thought, hey. I'm that guy now. Like I'm old, and and I have, I have some money that we could all like get a big houseboat together and just cruise around the lake. Like, yeah. oh my god, I can't even, I can't believe I didn't even think about that. Like, so I was looking at pricing for that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that next year because I haven't nice. been there forever. Houseboats are fun. Yeah, it's a good time on the lake. I love it there, man. Plus, we're we're planning on killing it on striped bass too because they've got their. DNR said they're estimating, give or take 5 million, 10 million stripers in the lake right now. Wow. Oh, wow. It's really hard to estimate exactly, but no less than 5 million. That's wow. a lot of fish. And to, in order to sustain a population of predatory fish, they have to have at least 10 times that amount of forage fish, like shad and bluegill. And so they want you to people to go in there and clean up on- Yeah, take, take everything you catch, you keep, take it out of the lake because oh, there's wow. too many. There's a fucking ton of them. which is good. I mean, it means we'll definitely catch some, but it'll be hard to hook any big ones. We'll get a lot of like three, four pound probably, but that's good. They're perfect. That's a a meal. Perfect to eat. Yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a shit ton of fun, man. I hope you have a good time. Uh, Let's move on to other things. Okay. This is Danielle Moscato, civil rights activist, trans woman, extraordinaire, and public speaker. You are listening to Godless Revolution, and I hope you enjoy the show. The next rant will start right after this. I wanted to remind everybody that we are having a drawing. 
Uh, this drawing is for those of you awesome listeners who go out to iTunes or Stitcher and give us a five-star review if you feel we are worthy and would like to be entered into a drawing. If you have already given us a five-star review, please go out and screenshot your review and send us an email with that screenshot to godlessrevolution at gmail.com, and we will enter you into a drawing for fabulous prizes. This drawing will run through the end of July. That gives you extra time. Yeah, that's scheduled to be episode 167, so we'll hold the drawing while we are recording that episode, but that gives you plenty of time to go out and submit a five-star review again, only if you feel that we are worthy and would like to be entered into the drawing, then take a screenshot of that, send it into us at thegodlessrevolution at gmail.com, and at the end of the month we will hold a drawing for a fabulous prize. Yeah. And the reason why you need to email it to us is because we don't know who the hell you are on iTunes with your Right, because names. your screen name or user ID or anything doesn't really tell us much of anything, nor does it give us any contact information yes. for you. And include as the subject line that it is for the prize drawing or review prize drawing. We'll enter all of you then who have done so into a drawing for a fabulous prize. Get on it, people. Get out there. Give us a review, and we'll enter you into the drawing, and one of you will walk away yeah. with something really cool. Well, then last week you said that you'd probably grab a few things and put them together and say, hey, what do you want? So yeah. the person who wins actually gets to choose, hey, I want that cool Star Wars item, or hey, I want that atheist-related item. It'll be a fabulous item that you will get to choose from several different items. Yeah. And maybe we'll just have different drawings going forward for a bunch of stuff, because I'd like to give it away to our listeners, because You're you guys awesome. are awesome. Yeah. So, please get out there and do that. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So, we already were talking about flat earthers. Yeah. And we had this story queued up, so I thought, that'd be good. Well, you guys did. Yeah. So what should we start with? And you're like, we queued that one up already. Let's yeah. do that one. These, these, Which these, is a good idea. This this couple on this this show, I, I they make some odd comments to me. Oh, yeah? They make them to you? Yeah. Hmm. Well, to us, <laughs> to atheists, to <laughs> skeptics. Oh, okay. Well, what do they have to say about the flat earth? So, well, it's funny because some creationists are apparently mocking flat earthers for taking the Bible too literally. Yeah. Which isn't that what they fucking do? <laughs> this is this is a video by the people over at Answers in Genesis. You know, Ken Ham, the Ark Park, all of that bullshit. Uh, features, quote unquote, scientists, Georgia Purdom and Danny Faulkner who laughed out loud at theories floated by people who believe the world is actually flat versus those who believe that there was enough water somewhere to flood, flood the, the entire earth. surface of the earth and, and that, that it rained and then a man built a and, boat. To, to right. get, and there were dinosaurs on that boat. <laughs> or that Jesus could walk a, walk around on the earth when it was flooded. Yeah. Or that, you know, there, there are talking donkeys and talking snakes and talking bushes and all of that other stuff. Yeah. That stuff probably happened or did happen. But a flat earth, that's just crazy. Even they have their limits. <laughs> well, but, I mean, the funny thing is like, if you hand, if, you know, so these people are quibbling over whatever might or may or may not be true in, within the Bible. What's literal and what isn't? Okay, so give can I give them a Bible and a highlighter and have them tell me which parts are fake and which ones are supposed to be 
taken literally. Yeah, how do they know? How do they know? How do they make well, that determination? The thing is, is you can give out 10 Bibles to 10 different people and exactly. they'll highlight different fucking parts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which proves that they're cherry picking. Mm-hmm. And even those parts that they all say are true, they would still interpret them differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not going to agree on every point within within the things that they accept. They'll say, well, it means this. And the other person will say, no, yeah. it's true, but it actually means this. Mm-hmm. But they've they've got this whole video talking about how silly flat earth people yeah. are. And it's like 10 minutes long. When I watched it, I couldn't get through for four minutes of it. <laughs> we'll see how long we can get uh, through. All right. And we might want to unmute. Flat earth supposedly from the Bible. Yeah, Don't- we could do that. I want to point out that uh, these arguments that people put forth today for the flat earth, supposedly from the Bible, don't come uh, historically positions of the church. The church never argued these points from Scripture. Which church? This all arose in yeah. the 19th century. And surprisingly enough, these arguments that flat earthers are using, supposedly from the Bible, to support flat earth, are ones that are put forth from the skeptics and the atheists in the 19th century, mm-hmm. trying to dis- that right there uh, to uh, bring disrepute upon the scripture, showing it's not authoritative. So I'm I'm puzzled, and it breaks my heart at the same time to see people parroting arguments that are 140, 150 right. years old from people. Oh, so- the arguments that he uses on a regular basis don't come from a 2,000 year old fucking book. But what he he's says- embarrassed about the ones that are 140, 150 years but, old. But the weird thing he's saying is that. That skeptics and atheists use the same arguments that flat earthers are right now to prove Christianity. I'm like, are no, you saying that? I think what he was saying was that 150 years ago, atheists were saying, your fucking book says the earth is flat. Why don't you believe that? And well, that's where that argument came from. But what I want to know is why don't Christians just use the spirit to discern what's true in the book and what isn't? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Let's give in with the spirit, uh, shall we? <laughs> yeah, it's their fucking fault. Who are skeptics? An atheist, you know. So, you're, folks, you're using their arguments, not right. the church's arguments. Check right. the history on that, and you'll yeah. find out what I'm telling you is the truth. Wait, here. can you go back just a second? I want to see what she said because was she saying you're, she was scoffing, kind of like using arguments of skeptics? Well, <laughs> she but, said that specifically. But see, that, that, that's where I'm still iffy on this because if they're because if 150 years ago skeptics were using this reasoning to disprove. The Bible, but they're but they believe the Earth was round. The skeptics did. The skeptic would have believed the Earth is round. Here right. they're saying the. It sounds to me like they're saying the skeptics were saying the Earth was flat. Why don't you believe this? When I'm like, I don't think the skeptics back then believed the Earth was. Flat. Well, no, no, they wouldn't. But they're saying the Bible says it. Why are you just? Right. You don't even believe your Bible. Your Bible it, says it's flat. Exactly. But but where I'm going with the flat Earthers are they believe the Earth is flat and they believe the Bible's 100 true. Right. They don't use the argument as a hey the Bible says it. So why don't you believe this stupid nonsense? They're like, no, we actually believe this nonsense. Well, like right. It's, it's, it's 100% yeah. true. Yeah. But she's but they're saying the the flat earthers are using the same argument that atheists and skeptics did when the atheists and skeptics believed the earth was round and would talk to Christian people and say, this is ridiculous. Your book says that the earth is flat. Why yeah. don't you believe that the earth is flat? Yeah. And now flat earthers are using that. And so these guys are talking about, well, these Christians who also believe the earth is flat, well, you're using the same argument that atheists use. Yeah, you fell into a trap of falling for the atheist trickery, but- But it's what your Bible says. Yeah, you're not even believing your own fucking book, dude. (laughs) That's the whole point of the atheist argument 150 years ago. Who are skeptics. An atheist, you know, so you're- Let me back it up a little bit more here. 
If so I'm just, I'm puzzled and it breaks my heart at the same time to see people parroting arguments that are 140, 150 right. years old from people who are skeptic and atheists. Yeah. You know, so you're, She's totally like, scoffing at people who are like, if you're skeptical, skeptic. you're just stupid. <laughs> people who use critical thinking, oh, why would you parrot them? Yeah, you need to be totally credulous <laughs> to be a Christian, a true Christian. Folks, you're using their arguments, not right. the church's arguments. Check right. the history on that, and you'll yeah. find out what I'm telling you is the truth here. And that's uh, that's really bad. So they're resurrected from all those. So, uh, again, I have an article, the most recent article I have on our website on this from a couple of months ago was uh, on the biblical arguments. It's kind of a lengthy argument. I'm not going to go in detail here. I'm just going to hit a few high spots. I suggest you go to the article for it's more really information. It's really good. I read through it, and it was I thought it was very informative. And, and one thing you got to keep Bible's in mind is that some people, uh, you know, they accuse us of believing everything in the Bible is literal. Well, we don't believe everything in the Bible is literal. There are many idioms. There are figures of speech. There are also imagery, particularly in the in the poetic and the uh, uh, prophetic passages. Right. In fact, most right. of the arguments are coming from those books. But like Matt said, how how do they choose? How well, do they know what is a what is an idiom or allegory or true? Well, but poetry. at the same time, I, I guarantee I can go find an art a clip of Ken Ham saying the Bible is one hundred percent true. It's all true. Right. And the other thing is that, you know, human brains are pretty good at pattern seeking, categorizing, you know, uh, compartmentalizing. That's what human brains do. So when you're when you're reading a piece of literature and someone uses a metaphor that says, you know, uh, the sky was sapphire. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a bright, sparkly blue or something, right? Something like that. It's not literally, literally made ace. out of gemstones. Right. Yeah. Right. You understand that fits into the metaphor category. But if someone writes a piece where they're explaining things they're observing in, in, in more or less a scientific terms, I'm not saying the Bible uses science necessarily, but I'm saying if they're trying to say the earth has four corners it's you know and it's flat and there's and there's a dome around it in the firmament that's not a metaphor for anything that's, that's what they that's a, believe yeah, that's a They're description describing it yes yeah cuz i think it says that the earth is a disk and yeah. in that disk it has the, and the, the, the air and then, then there's a layer yeah there's the firmament above and the, that the and stars above are that is stuck the stars to that. yeah yeah no i know and so <laughs> he thinks it's stupid because he knows the real answer now yeah he has the real answer that the earth is a sphere so it sounds stupid to say that no we all live on a fucking cd <laughs> <laughs> what songs are on it is it a single or is it like a full album a full what a full album 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 yeah album <laughs> yep, it's a full album. Because I hated paying 14 bucks for a single with three songs on it. <laughs> Where there is imagery and a simile and, and um, metaphor. But, for instance, uh, Jesus said, I am the door. Well, did he have hinges? Did he have a, right. a latch on it? Did he have a handle? <laughs> you know, Of course not. We understand that it's not a literal door. So yep. nobody really believes that the Bible is completely literal. One last thing. A lot of these that's, are not That's really a perfect example of what I was just talking about. Yeah. Well, obviously, that, of course, a human isn't a door. Yeah. He, he's in, saying, in there, I'm the way. It's the, the through me is the path. This yeah. is the one thing, right? We all get that. That goes into this compartment. That's different from saying God created the earth in seven days. That's a description. Yeah. And yeah. this is how he did. And he did it in this order yeah. using, yeah. Yeah. That's a description. And I bet you he believes in Adam and Eve. Why isn't that allegory or metaphor or Adam's a fucking door or whatever the stupid thing he comes up with? <laughs> and Eve's a rib. <laughs> right.
did I think I've told you guys before how you used to believe that yeah. men had one less rib yeah. until yeah. I was 24 years old <laughs> I thought women had one less rib than men you were dumb and and no. it wasn't because I thought that <laughs> because it was a biblical teaching necessarily I thought that well clearly people aren't so fucking stupid that in today's age they would still be saying that you know God used a rib from Adam and that's why men have one less rib than women because we have x-rays and we can count and people are still yeah. saying this, so well, it you, must you, be you true. You don't even need x-rays. You can run your fingers down and count the ribs. So yeah. you you were assuming that people had already looked for that, and if people are still repeating that now, it, it must, must be, be the true. case that males yeah. have one fewer yeah. rib. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but people are still you know, repeating that creation is real. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Adam's favorite food was? A McRib? Spare ribs. Ah. <laughs> Dad jokes. <laughs> Dad jokes, I has them. Don't mail me about that one. <laughs> we looked at it in context. If you look at it in context, you'll see it means something very different. But anyway, uh, one put forth by some people, again, most flat earthers don't do that, is they talk about the three times that the four corners of the earth are mentioned. Twice in Revelation, once in Isaiah. They say, see, on a, on a spherical earth, you cannot have... Uh, four corners. And that's true. However, every model of the flat earth I've ever seen out there is round and flat like this. Mm -hmm. There are no corners on this either. So it would argue against this, uh, oh, we taught the snow globe yeah. model the other day. Right. And uh, particularly, I wanted to mention um, the one in Revelation 7.1. It also mentions the four angels standing at the uh, four winds and talking about the four corners. And the repetition of four there is, I think, very significant. The four winds generally refers to north, south, east, and west. Right. Today we talk about winds coming from those directions or combinations of directions. So this is an idiomatic expression referring, referring to the four directions in space on the earth. Uh, in, but those aren't corners. No. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think that's probably as good an answer as I. That's way better answer than I could have expected. And he's actually right about the disc thing too. Yeah, that well, doesn't yeah. solve it either. The problem is that he said that. What did he say that this that dis that disproves the flat Earth? No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. It just means it, they built their model it, wrong. What it means, <laughs> what it means is that is that that particular phrase has no bearing in reality either way. Yeah. That biblical phrase is completely useless, utterly stupid nonsense. And that's the part that he missed about it. But the other fact is, what about all the other descriptions? What about the firmament? That's bullshit. Yeah. Of course it's bullshit. What does he say about that? What about the stars being stuck to the firmament? That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. it is. You know, what about the earth being the center of the universe? That's bullshit. I mean, it's but just, yeah, but that's all still described. That's in all. The book. That's yeah. all part of the same descriptions that, yeah. like the four quarters of the earth. Yeah. yeah. So I don't or corners. I mean, well, and, and he made the he made the case earlier, or made, tried to make the argument earlier that nobody has ever believed this. Really, you can talk to biblical scholars and blah blah blah. It's like, Dude, people were killed for saying that the earth was round before. Yeah, yeah. People were killed for saying that it wasn't the center of the universe. And people don't die for lies. You yeah. guys believe that. <laughs> You know, and we need to take the Bible as it's written. I mean, not mm -hmm. everything literally. No one. No one believes. I don't know any. What the fuck does she mean then? Take yeah. it as it's written, but not literally. What does that mean? And he was nodding. He was like, "Yep, yep, uh huh, yeah, yeah." But we take no everything else that. as literal. I mean, but you take it as it's written. So history is history. Poetry is poetry. You know, prophet. And so what is the Bible? Is it history or is it poetry? I think they're saying uh -huh. it's a mix of those things, and whatever's convenient. They take literally, and whatever's not is po poetry or allegory. Mm. Yeah, you can disprove creation with science. Well, I mean, the thing is, we could start our own sect that says that, you know, actually, 
all of this Genesis creation bullshit is just that. This is all poetry and allegories. Yeah. Some people do do that. You know, that this isn't really God saying that's how it was done. This is just this is just him providing us a bite-sized piece uh for for us to understand how we came to be because you know it wouldn't it would be cruel of him to leave us without a history or some you know some bullshit well, like that. I mean that that's how I take the entire Bible even though like some things might have certain historical places that are accurate places it's like yeah but you can go into a lot of literature and have well yeah they're talking about a historical place but the events they're talking about going on didn't actually happen they're just using places that people know and can describe right. and use an actual literal place they've been to as a background yeah yeah within what like a 50 mile radius yeah Prophecy is prophecy, and that that's important to remember, and not to take it out of context. That's it. You have to take the surrounding verses around it as well. And the, uh, the another idiomatic expression is the ends of the earth recurs twenty eight mm -hmm. times. They say, well, you can't you you, uh, you can't have ends of the earth right. on, on a spherical round. earth, mm -hmm. but that's not the point. Uh, in those cases, referring to the most uh, remote remotest parts of the inhabited earth, I'd suggest Psalm sixty seven seven. 98.3 and Isaiah 45.22 are examples of those. And again, go to my article and look at that. Oh, so you don't um, want to tell people what the, they say. Well, I think to... one of the most bizarre <laughs> ones that are given is uh, Daniel 4.11 and 20. And there it's, uh, they quote that with those two verses, or either one of those verses. You have a tree here that grows a tremendous height, and it's the tree is so tall it's visible from everywhere on the earth. And, of course, on a spherical earth, that's not possible, but on a flat earth it is. So, therefore, Daniel is teaching that the earth is flat. How is that bizarre? Uh, well, why okay, is that the most folks, bizarre read one? read the entire yeah. chapter. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the most bizarre part of the Bible? The yeah, talking, the talking burning bush wasn't, no. wasn't? No, I think he was just saying bizarre. that, that particular case is the most bizarre of the flat earth arguments. Uh. Which I think that's probably one of the best ones so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to prove it's flat. Like, yeah, there's something visible from all parts of humanity. All parts of the world. It has yeah. to be pretty relatively flat then, yeah. Yeah. You, you'll see that it's an account of one of the dreams of King Nebuchadnezzar. This tree that was so tall to be seen from all the earth was in a dream. <laughs> nothing in a dream is real. No, uh, nothing? Well, we nothing in a dream is real? Yeah. Hmm. Inception. <laughs> There's what about tis but a dream within a dream. Yes. Wasn't wasn't it uh did did the whole did the Lord or the Holy Spirit or whatever appear to Mary in a dream or did they come to her in real life? I thought that oh, to wasn't say it, that she was gonna have Jesus, then he she would I bear thought it the was Son the, of God. Was that a dream or was that real? I thought that was real life. I don't remember was it? correctly. I thought it was wasn't it like the angels came and it wasn't I don't remember. I'd have to go I I think it was presented as it like they came to her in a vision. So in a vision? Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, they would probably draw a delineation between dream and vision. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, she was getting crunk and she saw some angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know if that if that uh, correctly reflected the cosmology of Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Right. Doesn't really matter. It's a symbol in, of something. Symbol of something because yeah. it actually in verse um, in verses 20 and 22, Daniel giving the uh, interpretation of the dream says that Nebuchadnezzar is the tree. It doesn't say he's like the tree. It says, Nebuchadnezzar, you are that tree, which, by the way, that I mentioned is in a dream. Mm -hmm. So it's a non, it's, it's a representation of something that's not even real. It's not so I'm listening to this guy talk, and it, I'm struck by how fucking ridiculous it is that they're arguing points. They're, argue, they're trying to argue logical points in a book that's all fucking nonsense. <laughs>
<laughs> it's prove- all garbage. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's wrong because in this part of this book of bullshit, it says this, this. thing. So, well, I think he's just pointing out his book is full of bullshit. And now you <laughs> yeah. know how I feel about comic books. <laughs> <laughs> but we know they're bullshit. The big book of bullshit says this, and yeah. this guy says this in the big book yeah. of bullshit. That's why it's fun to use comic books with the Christian narrative. Like, well, we know that's not real. It is. It's like toddlers arguing over my dad could beat up your yeah, dad yeah, yeah. and which superhero could beat up the other one. Yeah, and they never grow out of it. I know. It's not literal in this case. So if you read the whole chapter, you would never come away saying, well, this means proves the earth is flat. It just, it's not possible to think that in a rational world, I don't believe. Well, someone had asked in this <laughs> the whole idea of that tree thing. It says, if the earth is flat, how come you can't see China with a telescope while standing on top of the Chrysler building? Well, if the earth is flat and it's clear, you should be able to do that. If Perspective. The earth is flat. And if the sky is clear enough, and right. later on, physical evidence, they'll right. talk about that. Right. But yeah, that would be if the earth is flat and you got any kind of tall tall thing here you mm-hmm. should be able to see it right but this is a dream people this is a dream not reality now a little better is in Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11 you have the temptation of Jesus and one of the temptations he's taken up to us as a high mountain and he sees all the kingdoms of the world and they say aha on a, only from a flat earth could you see, you see all everything. the kingdoms of the world from a tall mountain mm-hmm. okay fine where is that mountain Right. Does it not exist anymore what happened to it you oh know, so your book there, is we wrong we be able to see it or we, we can go <laughs> to it um I don't think that mountain really exists in that situation. Yeah. Furthermore, they avoid the parallel passage of Luke. Well, he's not. Yeah. He's not going to explain why no. he doesn't think so, that is. But at the, the same book. time, so he'd be like, okay, so Jesus did not return to look over his kingdom. If that's not true, there's I mean, no yeah, mountain he, he could stand on to do that from. Obviously, it didn't happen. Yeah. He's clearly saying that at least that part of the book is bullshit, or his allegory that you know he he. Led him to somewhere where he's like, oh, look, you could have this and this is a temptation. But if he said a mountain, then it had to be a mountain. I don't know. They're, they're... If, if he would have said, you know, from the heavens, that's totally different. But he said from a mountain. Hmm. Luke 4, uh, verses 1 through 13. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't say mountain, it says a high place. In fact, the terminology used there, and read my <laughs> article if you want to read more about that, uh, suggests that instead of being a literal mountain and being shown literally all the kingdoms, it's... It was a high place. It's an opium den. <laughs> He's talking about all the kingdoms throughout the ages, and it's a vision sort of thing that's being offered to Jesus there, not a literal mountain and not a literal view from such a literal mountain. Uh, One of the biggies out there you see frequently is the firmament, or I prefer to use the Hebrew word rakia. So so cultured with your Hebrew words for it. Yeah, there wasn't, that didn't sound pretentious at all. (laughs) Or I prefer the word Rachia. Well, see, and he's, he's making these arguments from a place of logic where we've, we've proven that the earth is round. Yeah. That's all the logic. Back in the day, he would have, he would have gone with whatever the Bible said because we didn't have the information that we have now. Yeah. That's, yeah. He's, he's working backward because anyone in a rational world would be dumb to deny a round earth. We already know that. Yeah. But your Bible did not know that. And I bet you anything, it did think the world was flat. But at the same time, you'd be dumb to say that humans live with dinosaurs and they'll still fucking cover and and stand behind that shit. Mm hmm. The word only appears 17 times. And over the last two years, I've written extensively on this. Uh, a chapter in a book I published last year, also an article I published last year on our Answers Research Journal. And, and I just had someone ask me about that the other day. Like, well, what exactly is the firmament? Like on day two. And I'm like, we've got some great articles on our website that talk about that. Because it's not necessarily an easy 
It's um, nothing. It's to, bullshit. To answer, and so you and, really have to look at that. And the firmament is a result of a lot of bad translations going back to Septuagint in like the third century BC. They translated the Hebrew well, Old Testament into the Greek, and they uh, translated it uh, stereoma, which is this uh, solid structure in which the stars were affixed. We call it the celestial sphere today, though I don't think it's a real sphere. It's just mm-hmm. the model we use. But the point is, it's not a vaulted dome. It's a complete sphere going around. Mm-hmm. I forget what people have done when they, when I've, and I've had people throw these verses up to me. I see them on numerous sites out there saying the firmament that has to be a dome. No, it isn't. If you look so, at the history of it. He's, he's not arguing that they're incorrect saying there's a firmament with the stars affixed to it. He's saying, no, it's not a, it's not a dome. It's a complete sphere. Yeah. They, jackasses. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got the Stupid sheep heads. wrong. That's what they got wrong about it. He's also admitting that the translations of the Bible are bad. Yeah. But still the thing is, is to no make, matter what the translation is, either it's the firmament or it's the Fukushima or it's the Gabawabi, whatever they want to call the thing. Well, it's without, still the thing with the stars affixed to it. Without the firmament. It's a celestial sphere. Okay, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Without the firmament, where the fuck does this guy think heaven is? Where is heaven and where is hell? That I mean, this the the model of a flat Earth was was used to describe where heaven is and where hell is. Yeah, hell is below us. It's it's in Sheol underneath the flat Earth that we all live on. Heaven is above the firmament. Mm-hmm. When Jesus rises from the dead and is is exalted into heaven, he rises into the air and goes into heaven. Yeah. You know, back in the day, they didn't want people floating around in balloons or using aircraft because they might fucking bump into Jesus up in the sky. And now <laughs> this guy, like, if he doesn't that believe that- would be so that, embarrassing. Where... <laughs> oh, sorry, Jesus. Sorry, bro. My bad. <laughs> you got a beer? But where the fuck does he think heaven is? Where Where do Christians think heaven is? Well, it, I think they have to keep thinking gets pushed further back and further back. See, now, coming from a flat earther's point of view, heaven's just right there. It's, it's yeah, right it's above, above the firmament. Right. But if you don't believe the flat earth and you believe there is a solar system all like like reality, you got to keep pushing heaven back beyond what we can see with our technology. And above doesn't make sense. No, anymore. it doesn't make sense above cuz it's yeah. it's so it's somewhere. It's like if you died at the wrong time of day, it's like, "Oh, wait, heaven's the other way." You well, yeah, yeah, I mean heaven just keeps retreating, but where where do modern Christians think it is? Like it has to be a physical place, right? Yeah. Where the fuck is it? Does well, it? Well, it's it's beyond the edges of the universe now, probably. Does it have to be a spiritual place? A, phys- a physical. I mean, a physical place can't be. It can't just be spiritual realm. Well, I, well, what it, what is that though? Where? Well, I know, but I'm just saying. Is that like? Do they think it's a different dimension? Do they? I bet I, some uh, do. I don't know. I have never really heard them talk about a different dimension. I've always thought it's like it's just just out there. It's well, the when, heavens are. When they talk about ghosts, they sure do talk about another dimension, because. I've, couple, I've heard different things on that one. Yeah, well, a couple of years ago at the Provo Pride Festival, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> I had, you know, we're we're manning the Atheist of Utah booth, and we have a section and you know, womaning it. It's <laughs> yes, we're personing the booth, and you know, ha- we've got a double booth, so it's ten by ten space times two, so ten by twenty. We've got a on one side of it is where we sell all of our merchandise, and on the other side we set up the booth as an ask an atheist area so anybody can just wander by and ask us whatever questions they have and this christian woman stopped by and was talking to me and asking questions and was there with her mother and the christian lady was like well yeah you know i just i i'm a follower of christ and i believe in in heaven and jesus and in an afterlife and this and that and i was like well where is that (laughs) 
where, where, where do you go when you die? And she said, well, I go to heaven. And I said, well, where is heaven? Well, it's, it's above us and all around us. And I'm like, all around us? What like, does that, that mean? That doesn't make sense. And, and I just kept asking her questions and she started fumbling and then she, then she got, you know, you could tell she was not was she getting a little frustrated with my line of questioning. And her mom was just like, come on, we got to go like mm-hmm. tugging on her shirt. Come on, come on. Let's go somewhere else. Come on, come on, come on. You don't want to think about this too much. Let's just leave. <laughs> he's, he's making you be critical. <laughs> and what the language is, as I have, you'll find out that uh, that's not what it means at all. And consequently, people that want to interpret it that way, what they do is they interpret the firmament when they read that in the King James in terms of a domed or vault over the earth. Mm-hmm. And then they turn around and use that as proof that the Bible is flat earth. Well, you've just <laughs> interpreted this scripture in terms of the what model you want. And then you try yeah. to use that to turn around and, yeah. and put your model. Yeah. And that's huh, sort of who else reason. does that? Yeah, I wonder. Uh, it really is. So it's, that's not what it says at all. I am thoroughly convinced. Here's another one from uh, 1 Samuel 2.8. It talks about the earth resting on pillars. And you get some people out there. Again, these diagrams were done by the skeptics in the late 19th, early mm-hmm. 20th century. you got this flat earth, a dome, and pillars underneath. They say, this is the biblical cosmology. Yes, it is. Folks, these diagrams were done originally by liberals, by atheists, by agnostics. Uh, liberals yeah. weren't around yet, really. Yeah, they made a picture of what is described, <laughs> described. in your fucking book. Yeah, and because they're skeptics, they did it accurately. Yeah. And pointed out, mm. how ridiculous does this look? This is what your book describes. This is what you guys should be believing. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's a little snow globe on a couple of legs. <laughs> trying to discredit scripture. Furthermore, if the earth is resting on pillars, that doesn't square very well with Job 26.7, which says God yeah, hangs the earth nothing. upon nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so it's not standing, it's hanging. It's dangling. Yeah, it's, your your book is full of contradictions. And, and, and not only is it hanging, it's hanging upon nothing. Oh, there's a fucking sensical statement. <laughs> why, if, if it can just hang there on nothing, why hang it? Why not just place it there? Why, what, I, I don't understand the point of that. Yeah, yeah. Let's put a hook on it because we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it? Is it not have anything supporting it or does it have pillars supporting you it? You tell me. We're told it's in your book, Testament dude. That uh, good men, including uh, especially the, the leaders of the church, are pillars. Mm-hmm. doesn't say they're like pillars. It says they are pillars. I've not seen a deacon or elder yet that was made out of limestone or something, you know. <laughs> it's obviously a, a so symbolic silly. use. For it's there. so silly. And finally, it? one last one I'll mention. This is uh, intersects with the uh, with the geocentrist. And, and a person who is a flat earther is also a geocentrist, but the other the reverse is not necessarily true. And they uh, argue from several passages, such as First Chronicles 16.30, Psalm 93.1, and 9. 90- Whoever's doing their camera work is like, I'm going to shift it. A half an inch to the right? No, a half an inch. To yeah. The, a quarter inch to the right? A quarter? No. Yeah. Don't move it. <laughs> and also, your audio isn't synced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six ten. That the Earth is said to be immovable. So if it's immovable, it just sits here. It doesn't move at all. And of course, if the Earth is spinning and orbiting around the Sun, it's moving, and so consequently, that is contrary uh, to Scripture. Yeah, the science well, disproves it. Wait a minute. In 1 Corinthians 15.58, the Apostle Paul exhorts us to be steadfast, immovable. Mm-hmm. So, folks, unless you're still laying in bed from when you got up this morning or didn't get up, you just woke up this morning, then you have violated God's clearly stated intention oh, for your life to on. be immovable. <laughs> oh, man. He's stretching there. <laughs>
Clearly, that immovable that Paul talked about uh, was not talking about geographically sitting still. Right. It's talking about not being moved from our faith and our, and our practice mm-hmm. and our belief. But also consider that's also New Testament. I understand, but look at uh, Psalm sixteen eight. The same word that used to describe the immovable earth, David refers to himself because God is his right hand. I will be immovable, he says. Mm-hmm. So obviously David never moved. He sat still. Well, that's clearly not the case either. So it turns out the meaning of that Hebrew word is not to vary from your prepared course. Course implies emotion. Right. So is the earth immovable in that sense? Yes, it doesn't veer from the course it's, it's moving on. It's not chaotic. It's not random. It has a sta- stayed course that God has ordained for it. That is a reality. <laughs> God tells the earth yeah. in which direction to move and where. Sure. The situation on these things. It's not a, uh, the, I go through these passages and I just have to kind of chuckle, roll my eyes that people are taking as many times out of context and not reading huh, them in context. That's, that's, even that's more a classic experience. Uh, well, that's the same thing we do with everything they say. <laughs> and uh, not realizing just what these words actually mean. Well, there's some people, and again, like we said before, some people are like, oh, uh, we, uh, nah, we it's don't need to hear just from a her. woman talking. We can <laughs> cut her off. Yeah, that's the end of the video. Oh, and by the way, we, we didn't cut her off. They cut her off. Yeah, that's the end of their video. Well, she's talking again. Let's just stop it. <laughs> Man. Also, in one of the 10 pictures in his permanent background, he's got the Archaeopteryx fossil. So that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. That 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 guy's, he's, he's. Well, he just proved the Bible wrong on his own. What he what he is is he's he's less of a of a in in he's not in it for serious discussion or debate. No. He's he's a snake oil salesman type. He's well, he's slippery and he's like, you know, twisted around a little bit uh and says well, it really yeah, whenever, confidently and then Yeah, whenever the facts whenever the facts contradict his book, then he has to accept those facts and then shoehorn in the rest of the bullshit that he wants to believe. Yeah, and, th- and this is one of those facts. It's like, well, obviously the Earth is round, and obviously these people are giving Christians a bad name by saying it's flat. So we need to disprove that. But all the other parts of the Bible, like yeah, like the flood. Well, the Adam thing and is, Eve. he's he could. I mean, but he spends you know ten minutes bringing up examples that make his book look worse and worse yeah. and worse, mm-hmm. just to disprove this one little thing about the flat Earthers, which he didn't even do. <laughs> he brought up a bunch of stuff that supported it. And, and then said, said, "Well, I don't think bullshit. I don't think that's what it is because I don't think so." Which is what the flat <laughs> so, earthers do. Here's three more verses that prove that it's on pillars and it's hanging from a hook. Yeah, yeah it's like so. I don't yeah, think it that's just, it because I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and where did this mountain go? Uh, maybe uh. it never existed. Hey, this is Mark Nebo, the founder of the Normalized Atheism Campaign, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution. What does that mean? Bukaki? Oh, um, just means a lot of things are happening and you're feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've felt Bukaki before. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. So every so often, somebody will ask me a question about a uh, the- point of theological discussion they're having with somebody either they're debating with a relative or a friend about a particular point in that person's theology or in you know biblical teaching christianity whatever and 
you know, they'll post it in a group I'm in or they'll send me a message or they'll post it on my timeline. And so I try to help them out with mm -hmm. questions or my thoughts on it. And somebody had posted in the Utah Atheists group recently and they said, I've been talking to my aunt about atheism. She is a true believing Mormon. She insists that genocide, slavery, sexual slavery, famine, etc. are not God's fault because he gave us all free will. Therefore, according to her, some of us are victims of the poor choices made by others. How would you respond to this? Oh, I, I would say if God gave you free will, then he did cause that to happen. He let you be a shitty person to someone else. Well, and, where, and some of us are just victims of those people. Yeah. I'm like, where that's that's that's, a, that's, that's still a shitty god. god. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I so I responded and I said, "Would she stand by and allow her children to be a victim of someone else's bad choices? Would she sit in a rocking chair in the corner of her room while one of her children were being raped?" Yeah. And the person who had posted the who or who had made the post originally said, "No, she most definitely wouldn't." And I thought, okay, well, then that kind of proves the point that if, if God I, just sits back and doesn't do anything about it, then he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Mo well, not just kind of a dick. He's he a, is. He's a giant dick. He's watching this happen. It, well, not it's not it's not just a, a, as a spectator. He orchestrated it. Mm -hmm. He has pre knowledge of all this stuff when he designed those individuals. And put all the other people in their lives that would sway their perception of reality and put them in positions where they're going to become a yeah. rapist. And then he knows when they're going to intersect with, you know, the person in question here. With their victim. And yeah. With the victim. And yeah. And, and begin that crime. So he's, co you know, completely at fault, even, even if that person chose freely to, to commit that crime. Yeah. That's he's why. still totally culpable morally. Free will definitely does not jive with God. Yeah. It's hard deterministic there, definitely. Well, and I think it was Tracy Harris. I So the, the next comment I made was, and this is, it's something similar to what I've heard Tracy Harris say before. Uh, and I just commented and I said, I'm better than her God because if I had the choice or if I had the chance to stop someone from being raped and murdered, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And her God doesn't. And... My last comment on there uh, was, oh, no, she commented again and said, a second question I have would be, how do you counter the Mormon belief that in the preexistence we asked God to test us? Therefore, he's testing us and allowing us our free will as part of the test. And then she tagged me in a comment and said, have you ever been asked to address this? And I said, you know, I've never heard the, of this belief before. Does she think mere human spirits know better than her God? Like we would tell God, no, you have to test us, motherfucker. Send us down on earth and put us to the test. Don't just it's, let us be happy. You need to test us by throwing shitty stuff at us all the time. We're asking you to please do this. It's like God developing a sign countersign. If you give the right countersign to his sign, you go to heaven. If you fuck up that countersign, you're going straight to hell. Well, yeah, but that's just it. I mean, God had a plan, and we're yeah. like, no, you need to test us. Yeah, and is is he powerless or idiotic? Because he's look he he either <laughs> he's like, okay, he, I'll he do either that. can't do it, or he's looking at all these bad possibilities that are definitely going to happen, and saying, well, if that's what you want, yeah, you have no idea, and I'm not going to let you know. But 
that's what I'll give you then. Yeah, so my comment was, does she think mere human spirits know better than her God, that we can command him to do things that he doesn't have a master plan? And she said, this was taught to me in church growing up. And I said, and then I thought about it a bit more, and I thought, oh, okay, I, I think I see what's going on here. And my comment was, she's twisting around some fundamental teachings. The war in heaven was fought because Lucifer wanted a world that was where there was no suffering. Jesus argued that we needed suffering and free will. Those who fought valiantly, blah, blah, blah. It's this yeah. whole, yeah. it's the whole LDS teaching of the preexistence and the war in heaven and, and all of that. And I said, and, and I just, I put the blah, blah, blah because it's a longish story that I didn't want to have to fucking mm-hmm. type out on my phone while I was pooping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's when I was sending my reply to her. And I'm like, I'm not at a computer and this is just a long story. Yeah. So blah, blah, blah. That's the whole, you all should know what I'm talking about if you're, a former Mormon kind of thing. Well, I would have added in there, blah, 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 I'm pooping. <laughs> Everyone would have understood why you'd stop the story. Well, then she said, thanks for the talking points. And, and I thought, oh, you're very welcome. You know, no big deal. But it inspired me. It got me thinking about it more. And I thought, I'll bet that a lot of people out there who are not Mormon or were never Mormon don't know a lot of the LDS teachings around yeah. all of this. So, and then I thought, well, well, while I was doing that, one of the major happy little sayings that Mormons have is that families are forever. Yeah. And then I thought, well, no, according to Mormon theology, Jesus They're... and Satan were brothers. Yep. And they were like God's first children, and even they didn't stay together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the whole families are forever thing has been bullshit from the very beginning. But so I typed this thing out on Facebook. And it just says, happy Sunday. That's a thing I used to do all the time. Every Sunday, I would post a little theological thing about Mm. something about religion that was total bullshit, just to make people think about it on a Sunday. But I typed out, happy Sunday. Mormon theology teaches that Jesus and Lucifer are the two oldest sons. Jesus is the firstborn son, of course, but not physically. We're talking about spirit babies here of Heavenly Father. That's God slash Yahweh slash Elohim slash the Alpha and Omega, etc. for you non-Mormon people. In the pre-mortal existence, these brothers, Jesus and Lucifer, had a disagreement about whether humans should be granted free agency on Earth. See, the the way it worked, and this isn't in my post, but the way it worked is God called a meeting. (laughs) In the pre-existence, he called a meeting and he said, this is my plan, what do you guys think? And... And his plan was that basically he would allow free will and there would be suffering and death for everybody that was born on earth. And Lucifer was like, well, that's a shitty that's plan. Kinda, yeah. It's like you're, you're designing a why car the, that's going to break down the yeah. first week. Why, why the hell would you do that? Why would you, why would you send everybody to be tortured basically through suffering and then die? Like that's, what's the whole point of this exercise? You're birthing spirit babies up here to be sent down there to be tortured and then to die to come back up here. What the fuck is the whole point of this deal? That's why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just allow them to be happy? Why do you have to have suffering? Why would you even send them to the suffering place in the first place? Yeah. Why would you have suffering? And then why would they have to die? What's yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do that? Why are we going through this whole exercise? Just keep them here. Yeah. And Jesus was just like, no, I think that's a great idea, dad. Because he was a fucking brown nose dick bag. Well, well. So the other part of God's plan was that people are going to have to suffer and they're and they're going to die. So we need somebody who will go down there 
and we can sacrifice that person to wash away the sins of everybody, and then things will be solved and people can get into heaven. Yeah, this problem yeah. I've caused will be will be rectified. Yeah. But you still have the suffering. <laughs> yeah. And and Jesus was like, I'll I'll do it. I guess, you know, if 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 somebody's gotta torture to save every if, if somebody's gotta be tortured and die. To wash away yeah. the sins of everybody else, I guess, you know, and I'll do that. that sure. And that Jesus sounds like is, a good plan, Dad. Yeah. Jesus' knee pads were already worn off from sucking his dad's dick, so he had to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he has a similar relationship to you and Dan Morris. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. D-motion. D-fucking-motion. Uh, I mean. Oh, he's got to go and find I mean, the sound now. I actually have the sound <laughs> saved in my phone. I know you do, because you played it one another time. <laughs> And I can't. I can't believe you're still loyal to those murdering bastards. I don't call it loyal. <laughs> oh, you're, part, yeah, you're beneath them. It's a part of an international <laughs> agency. Uh huh. And I'm just. Uh, I'm just in the agency. Uh huh. Agent demoted. Uh, and so, but part of the reason <laughs> done. I, it's what, official now. You're demoted. I fucking god. I could not. You're fucking demoted. I cannot express how little I care. <laughs> well, you should. <laughs> Uh, so the reason why they didn't want to go with Satan's plan, this is Jesus and, and, uh, daddy God is because Satan said, yeah, well, let's do my plan and everyone will be fine and saved and happy, but I get the glory. And they're like, no, no. And the thing that makes that they think makes Jesus the superhero in this thing is that he said he'll go with God, with daddy God's plan and he'll give the glory to daddy God. Bull fucking shit if he did that. <laughs> Bull fucking shit if he didn't know that he was going to be prayed to for all time and eternity. He got all of the glory. They're called yeah. Christians. They're not Yahwehites. <laughs> Yahwehites. He got every bit of it. So both of their plans are exactly the same, except Jesus said, no, I think they should go get killed and be tortured and have a terrible life. And Satan said, no, nah, I don't think that they should. <laughs> That's how it boils down. Yes. Yes. And Jesus is the good guy. Oh, of course he is. Well, he's he's the first the firstborn. He's the golden child. Uh, but in the pre-mortal existence, the brothers had a disagreement. This is reading from my post again about whether humans should be granted free agency on Earth. God's plan was was that everyone would sin and everyone would die. His plan was so terrible from the get-go that he needed someone to be the savior of of everybody else who God created to sin and die. Jesus offered himself up for sacrifice because reasons. Lucifer thought God's plan was cruel. Why allow everybody to suffer in sin and die? And why have a scapegoat die to remove all of those sins? Couldn't the sins be forgiven without sacrifice or not allowed to be committed in the first place? Anyway, Lucifer thought God's plan was evil, so he chose to rebel against him. And he took a third of the host of heaven, so a third of his other siblings, the mm. other angels, whatever that were in heaven, and they started a war. Uh, this started what is known to Mormons as the war in heaven. So Lucifer and his minions ultimately lost the war and were banished to, and I wrote hell because that's what most that, Christians yeah. would understand, but in Mormon theology, it's, it's like, actually outer darkness. Yeah. Those who fought for Jesus, but not very valiantly, are now born with black skin. Talk about institutionalized racism. While those who fought valiantly on while those who fought valiantly on Jesus' side are born as white as the driven snow into a loving Mormon, 
Mo- a loving Mormon family. A loving Aww. Mormon family. Those Mormon families. So if so, even if you fought for Jesus, but not very valiantly, because you didn't fight valiantly, you weren't you weren't sent to outer darkness. But now you have outer darkness of your skin. Yeah, because you didn't fight valiantly. You you are cursed with black skin. But see, that just speaks to the charity of of God because. He ga- he still gave them a chance. He still he was uh, so he was geez. so gracious that even though even though they weren't as loyal to him as Ryan is to Dan Morris, uh, they <laughs> they still got a chance. <laughs> and then I just said, "Agent demoted." Oh, that's twice in one show. <laughs> and promoted. No, and I, promoted. <laughs> I can't get it to just play one clip at a time. So I got to hit pause really quick. I think wasn't you're demoted for not demoting me properly. That was very unprofessional. <laughs> you guys should see the look on Ryan's face. <laughs> the mustache makes it intense. <laughs> it looks like a serial killer. That's intense. <laughs> like camping is intense. <laughs> and then I just capped off the post with, "There's a whole lot more to the story." But I've basically, uh, but I've basically written this up to deliver the punchline that the Mormon saying of families are forever has been bullshit since the very first family and first two sons ever created. Yeah, which is an interesting point I hadn't even considered before. But yeah, he's a terrible single dad. God. <laughs> well, he's not even a single dad. No, like, well, like, not I mean, Mormon he, theology. But... Yeah, he he has there. There's such a thing as heavenly mother. Well, there's heavenly mothers, but they only yeah. ever really refer to heavenly mother. Yeah. Yahweh was doing a lot of fucking. Yeah. Still is. He has a lot of concubines. He has a lot of spirit concubines. Make pumping out spirit babies for him. Mm-hmm. Ghost whores. But it was funny because, you know, I, I, so I wrote all that out and one of my friends commented and said, heads up, Dan, on a typo. Those who fought on Lucifer's side were born black. My favorite cousin converted to Mormonism when she was 16 and I was 14. She told me these stories as a new convert, which means... Which means with missionary zeal. I was horrified. She tried her best to convert me, but it went exactly nowhere. And I replied and said, nope, not a typo. Those who fought on Lucifer's side were cast into outer darkness with him. Those who fought on Jesus' side, but not valiantly yeah, enough. that's what I have always learned, too. Are cursed with black skin and are born here on earth. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I said, it's used as a way to soften racism within the LDS church. It boils down to... Black people aren't bad people. They're just not as good yeah. as we are. They're not good yeah. fighters. They're yeah. just lazy. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit of Mormon theology for all of you that I think not a lot of people know. There are, no, they do well, try to keep that a little quieter. Yeah. Yeah, it's not one of the first teachings that missionaries yeah. come and It's not ever deliver. a teaching. Yeah. You, you know what, Dan? No. That no. was an excellent write-up. Agent promoted. <laughs> Yay! Do I do I, does it do do I get a badge yet or a gold star or anything? Uh, you have to ask them. I'm not. I don't. I don't do the gift giving. Oh, uh, he's not taking responsibility again. <laughs> I take as much responsibility as I'm given. <laughs> no more, no less. I take as Man. much responsibility as my overlords will allow, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man, you are a military guy. Yes, sir. Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe, and if you've hunt really hard, 
You can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, I don't know what's going on. I I'm am, lost. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> me too. There's Bukaki floating all around me. What? Hmm? What's Bukaki? Oh, it's a uh, Laird told me it's uh, it means uh, when you're overwhelmed and you got too much going on. Oh my gosh! Can't well, figure things out. Well, that like drowning in Bukaki at mm. this point. Okay, I'm gonna be real with you guys. It means jizz on your face. I'm sorry. Bukaki means covered in jizz. Tons of jizz, ejaculate. Usually after a gangbang. Not like as bad as it sounds. Hmm? Yeah, post gangbang or during. Depends if someone finishes early. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Got some science for you. Science, bitches. HIV and AIDS has been around for a while now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's managed pretty well now. People, yeah. people who have, who have HIV. People who have <laughs> HIV. Are not necessarily condemned to death. Like, like they were. These days, in right. Like. The 80s. Yeah, I mean, it, in the past, if you had HIV, it, it wasn't a you're gonna die. Good sign, yeah, yeah. And it it won't it won't be a very long time before your death either. Well, because it's is it if I'm getting it right, you get HIV, then it's full blown AIDS. So HIV is like the less like, HIV it's like the will, precursor will turn to into AIDS. AIDS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why do we have to go fucking those monkeys? Monkey. Hey, maybe um, we were monkey raped. Bonobos go crazy. Bonobos ain't known to uh, not rape. Bonobos rape. That's just a fact. I'm pretty sure all primates do. Yeah, but bonobos especially. You ever seen a pack of- Humans also rape a lot. You ever seen a pack of bonobos? A lot. (laughs) Bonobos just fuck all day. Is it a pack or is it a troop? I'm calling it a pack. What is it? What is a plural for a monkey? I don't know. Well, chimps- Uh, Was it a family? Chimps are troops. Troops? Are they? Baboons are troops, I think, too. Like, Like militarized. Yeah. Okay. I want I want the baboon plural thing or group name to be like a boop. A boop. A boop of baboons. <laughs> yeah. A boop of baboons. That's the a boop we, of baboons. It's a boop. Look at all those baboons it's in a their boop. Boop of baboons. <laughs> um. But recently, it was discovered that a nine-year-old has been in HIV remission for years without drugs. So without any of the wait, isn't baboons a Congress? I think it is. Oh, is it? I think it is. Oh. Ah, that's why our Congress Bunch can't get shit done. Bunch of fucking baboons in Washington. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Um, but this this nine year old kid has never received, um, or has he's he's he he's what? gone into remission without drugs. I believe he may have been treated early on, given like a dosage when he was born or something. Like known, right. like, hey, this right. this but child no, is going to be born. Since then. Uh. We have a we have a video here, but I want to read through the story as well because I think this video probably doesn't cover all of the information in there. The ninth annual International AIDS Society Conference kicked off Sunday in Paris. The four-day conference brings together more than 6,000 HIV professionals. According to the United Nations, some 37 million people are living with HIV globally. And as of 2016, about half of them had access to treatment. One bit of promising news from the conference? A nine-year-old South African treated with antivirals. How disgusting is that, that just over half of the people who have HIV 
have access to the life-saving medicine for it. And the reason why that is is because so many of them are in rural, impoverished areas of the world that Mm -hmm. we just don't give a fuck about. And the funny thing, too, I mean, funny is maybe not the right word. Funny peculiar, funny sad. Yeah, you would think if if you were going to guess, like, well, okay, where are the most people that have AIDS – you know, have have stead- readily access to the healthcare. You would say, "Oh, well, definitely the U.S." Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. And we have we have, you know, at least half of the country trying to take what little we have away. Yeah. Even still, so you know. Well, then you have the other issues in some of these nations where they have large HIV ep- epidemics, where they still won't teach them how to properly have safe sex. Right. About right. condoms and about, mm-hmm. hey, this is how this disease is spread. And a spread. lot of that is because of the Catholic fucking e- church. Exactly. Who won't allow people to use condoms. Or like Mother Teresa using dirty needles on people they knew that had AIDS. Uh-huh. Yay. Fuck. She's a greasy She's not a turd. saint. No. Frickin' packy. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned that word today. <laughs> As an infant, but not since, has been in remission until now, eight and a half years, according to the National Institutes of Health. So the child was first diagnosed um, at 30 days of age um, and then commenced treatment um, on, on three, uh, three drug therapy at um, eight and a half weeks, um, was on treatment for about 40 weeks, and then treatment was interrupted. And the child has had undetectable viral load uh, for the duration right up until now. Scientists believe other factors may have contributed to the child's remission, but they say this case, and two others like it, one in the U.S. and one in France, may provide insight into how treating babies early could prevent them from having to take HIV drugs for their whole lives. These cases may even lead to new treatments for the virus. It's too soon to tell, but scientists are hopeful. This patient definitely gives hope. Um, I think, I mean, we sort of as, a, as, as scientists are extremely excited um, by this case. And um, I think the challenge is to try to, to pin down exactly what were the events that led to this in this child and, and what it is that's very special about this case. There is no cure or vaccine for HIV yet, but the scientists in Paris are working hard to find one. Cyril Vanier, CNN. Well, I wonder if it has anything to do with when the Isn't child that cool? is. Yeah, that, that is really cool. And I was almost wondering if it has something to do with you no know, an infant's uh, immune system because they're still developing an immune system when they're when they're that young. And I wonder if introducing the vaccine in there to boost a part of their immune system. Oh, uh, we don't to, want to give them the autisms. Well, but but to boost part of their immune system to, to recognize <laughs> the HIV virus and to actually go after it when their immune system is developing gives it a stronger chance to actually uh does it work defeat that way? it i don't know I, that's what i well, they didn't really go through and explain unless it says it more in the article but i was wondering if it does have something more to do with it being a younger infant and their immune system is still developing at the young age versus an adult where your immune system is usually fully yeah. developed and it can adapt to new viruses but still i don't know yeah i thought it was really interesting though uh, the story reads that a nine-year-old south african child Oh, and I wanted that doctor to say, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> uh, but a nine-year-old South African child diagnosed with HIV when he was one year, when he was one month old has been in HIV remission for eight and a half years without regular treatment. Uh, soon after diagnosis, the child was placed on antiretroviral treatment, or ART, for 40 weeks, at which point treatment was stopped and the child's health was monitored. Um... 
going through the rest of the story here. Uh, says that there's no cure or vaccine against HIV and lifelong treatment for children comes with the risk of potential toxicity, side effects, and the need for daily adherence, which becomes harder during the teen years. Because we all know how regimented and trustworthy and on task and schedule those those teens are. Well, yeah. I, w- I would disagree with that. If you start off a medication at a very young age, like if you're born with diabetes and you have to give yourself an injection, usually someone that's lived with it a long time remembers to be on task with it versus... Now, if you gave it, if you were a teenager and said, hey, by the way, you need to take this medication every day, then they're probably going to fuck up. Mm. <laughs> Having a teenager, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah. Well, it says that the child who was not identified was part of a study known as the Children with HIV Early Antiretroviral Therapy, or SHARE trial. Okay, I'm like, because that's a long name. Which ran from 2005 to 2011. More than 370 infants were infected. I'm sorry. They were not infected with it. Well, they have to give them the AIDS. They didn't give them the AIDS. But it says that more than 370 infants who were infected with HIV were randomly assigned to immediately receive ART for either 40 weeks or 96 weeks. A third group were not placed on immediate treatment, but instead received treatment according to standard guidelines at the time. Mm. When the trial began, standard treatment was based on the level of immune cells damaged by the virus known as CD4 cells within the body. Current guidelines recommend immediate treatment irrespective of CD4 cell count. So they've since changed the, the standard yeah, guidelines for that. fight it before it gets bad. It's like, we're going to wait till the boat's almost full of water till we start pumping the water out. Hmm. In infants infected with HIV close to birth, progression of the disease occurs very rapidly within the first few months of life and can often lead to death, according to the World Health Organization. An estimated 110,000 children died of AIDS-related illnesses in 2015. 110,000 children died of AIDS <laughs> in 2015. Uh, of nothing they did of their own. I'm like sorry, they Dan. Didn't... <laughs> I just think dead children is so hilarious. No, no, no. You, you said... sick fuck. <laughs> you, you, you just misspoke a little and it was funny to me. What did I, what did I, I say? I think you said died of AIDS. Died of AIDS? <laughs> I think so. Uh, pediatricians <laughs> also, but 110,000 kids in one year. Yeah. Yeah. Died of AIDS related illnesses. That's even bigger than. Thanks, uh, Jesus. That's even bigger than the two skeptical chaps numbers. <laughs> of, of, mer- of the people mer- who are dead now because of them. Yeah. <laughs> pediatricians also worry about the side effects and health impacts of lifelong treatment with antiretroviral drugs for those who survive. They may get the autisms. We don't know. Autismus. More than 1.8 million children were living with HIV in 2005, according to UNAIDS, and 150,000 children became newly infected. That should definitely be unAIDS. The majority. <laughs> they're out unAIDSing everybody, aren't they? <laughs> the majority to? of which were in Africa. Yes, they're trying to. Yeah. Uh, the share trial set out to investigate whether mortality rates could be reduced, but also whether earlier treatment could keep children healthy enough to enable them to come off treatment for certain periods. We were hoping to make it a slower-progressing disease, said Dr. Violari. Hmm. The study found mortality decreased by 76% and HIV disease progression reduced by 75% among the infants who received treatment immediately for 40 or 96 weeks. The group receiving standard treatment saw an increase in mortality based on interim results, so that arm of the trial was stopped early. Like, 
kids are dying. Maybe we shouldn't uh, not give them treatment. Yeah, like that's not working. Children receiving early treatment in the trial needed to go back onto it on average after two years, the doctor said, with cases ranging from needing it immediately to needing it after four years. An estimated 10 children have not had to go back on treatment as their viral loads are very low, between 1,000 to 3,000 per milliliter of blood, meaning they're healthy in clinical terms. Hmm. But virus levels in the nine-year-old case are undetectable. Hmm. That's crazy. This child is the only child showing remission. We cannot see this virus in the blood using standard techniques. We can see fragments of the virus in the cells, adding that those fragments appear not to be able to replicate for now, giving, ch- giving hope the child may stay this way. Apparently, this child is very unique. You know, you know mm. what the problem here is? Hmm. They're going to kill the kid. We've got to kill him to save the others. Yep, they're going to kill him. They're going to, well, maybe not kill him. They're just going to strap him to a machine and harvest his blood to figure out a cure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's the only way. It's the Illuminati. It's the only way it would possibly work. Kid's going to go missing. That's why they didn't give a name. (laughs) Kid's probably missing right now. Mom's like, where'd he go? They're like, oh, he went fishing. He'll be back. Never. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know where he is. Neither do I. He's fucking missing. Yeah, he must be gone. Fuck, we need to ask Alex Jones what's going on. Maybe he's not, maybe he's. Just at his art class or whatever they're doing. <laughs> well, the doctor says that this new remission case is not applicable to all infants with HIV, but instead that something unique about his biology and immune system helped him protect himself from the virus, aided by starting early treatment. He developed an effective immune response to the virus early on, and treatment then protected the child. I think the early treatment aided it, the doctor said. Her team now hopes to investigate the child and others from the original SHARE trial along with HIV-negative children, to try to elucidate just what is unique about the biology enabling a child who has been treated to then suppress the virus indefinitely and independently, known as a post-treatment controller. She said that they need to find out where the differences lie and and that that insight could be used to inform vaccine design or new treatment approaches, such as the use of neutralizing antibodies, antibodies to help people suppress the virus. Imagine how confused those AIDS must have been. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I'm trying to help them, but... Human cells don't fight back. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're hoping that by studying this kid, they'll so, be able to figure out why his body was able to being that fight this off the disease. kid lives in a part of Africa where AIDS is rampant, could he have developed a certain genetic mutation? Nope, he was created that way. Perhaps... Uh, <laughs> Bit of something within like, this child evolved. Evolved, like an evolutionary trait, yeah, that's fighting against the AIDS mm. since there's been so many generations of people in that area that have had issues yes. with that disease. Yes. Maybe he's a biological abnormality with an evolutionary trait in him. We don't know. I mean, but that's that's mm. just that when has that happened? That, 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 that stuff doesn't that happen. outside pressures could have it could have influenced could have influenced this his, his DNA structure the, to make a mutation yeah, to fight against yeah. uh, in, another source in the community, but that never happens in our in our, in our genetics. And that mm-hmm. perhaps without outside intervention, such forces would self-select that that person would then go on to to have other other offspring. Yeah. That were selected for this particular trait that allowed them, them to live longer. Yeah. Hmm. And be able to have the disease not affect them 
in the same way it affects other peoples without that certain genetic mutation. That seems very strange. I know, but that's, I've never heard of such. A I mean, process. I'm talking. Are you a I'm flat talking, earther too now? Yeah. What's well, going, I'm, what's going to be next? I'm talking science fiction here. We all know <laughs> that this stuff just has never happened. It won't. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. I mean, you, there. Yeah. It's all hogwash. We had a bunch of other news that we were thinking about covering tonight, but we did some stuff earlier, and we wanted to make this a little bit shorter show so that it would be easier to edit. It's and a holiday show available for you people, and it's a holiday today, so we're we're all we're all skipping time with family to spend it with you. Yeah, I I actually really am. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very kind of you. <laughs> Well, I am too. Oh my uh, god, you should have seen the fucking traffic I was in too, you guys. Oh yeah. Oh, everybody Jesus. heading out to the fucking fireworks show. Well, actually, and, and some fucking idiot wrecked. They yeah. had to fucking wreck their car. Northbound yeah. lane was full of wrecks. I was in the southbound lane like, wow, there's no traffic leaving Salt Lake today. Yeah. <laughs> Took me 40 minutes to get to the highway, to get onto Shit. the on-ramp. Oh man. That sucks. I don't I'm I'm very glad that I don't live in Utah County. Mhm. Like there's nothing appealing about living down there. I live there, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. No, I, I agree. Maybe, maybe there's one little thing. I definitely agree. <laughs> Better uh, than London. <laughs> Actually, it's probably not. <laughs> Before we sign off tonight, I want to make sure that we thank all of our Patreon supporters. Because we love every single one of you, and we greatly appreciate your contributions. Absolutely. Truth. Including, though maybe not as much as everybody else, Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the 2SE podcast, to whom we pledge loyalty. To whom we to whom we will pledge loyalty for a slightly more substantial patron Patreon donation. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a doctor, right? Come on. Yeah, what is he doing? Where are all his euros going? <laughs> well, there's Brexit yeah. happening. Brexit so. fucked him over. So I mean his donation, that's actually like three times the size over here in the US. Well, they shouldn't have voted for it. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to thank Janet Uter, Stephen Andrus, Mo Calbell, Jefferson Montoya, Christy Kalbach, Andrew Vodopich, Let Them Eat Kofefe, Wes Aaron, Utah Outcasts, Andy Faulkner, Angelica Pearson, Jeremy Goodson, Brandy Hamrick, Alicia Gerhard, Taylor Grin, Grant Larimer, Savita Kuna, and the Gaytheist, Mr. Aaron Burton. And I talked with Grant over the weekend yeah. at our friend's party for Pie and Beer Day, and he confirmed that he is the real Purple Dragon. Okay. I, I explained to him that there was some speculation among the three of us that maybe it wasn't, that maybe somebody else thought they were the real, real purple, purple dragon. dragon. Okay. And were taking offense to us referring to Grant as the purple okay. dragon, but he said that no, that was him and, and his review. So. Okay. So thank you all but, very much to everybody who's been sending in in those reviews. Yeah, very, very much, yes. Grant still doesn't qualify because he didn't send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> Rules. <laughs> rules, arbitrary rules. Uh, but by the time you hear this, for most uh, for most people who are not Patreon patrons, you will have a very short amount of time to get in your review and send it in to us, because when we record next week, we will be holding Drawn. the drawing for the fabulous prizes. So hopefully you have sent us in your review and will be placed into the pool of drawing for that fabulous prize or prizes. So that's all I've got. Until next week, be sure that you crucify that like button. Leave a review to achieve nirvana. And rate the show five times a day toward Mecca.
o'clock down in old Soho Where you drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry cola C-O-L-A cola She walked up to me and she asked me to dance I asked her her name and in a dark brown voice she said Lola I just saw it again the other day, and I was like, oh, fuck, I love this video. You're a weirdo. What, you didn't like that new verse I had it for? Well, I got, a, I, got a, I got an actual real serious question for you guys now, though. What?
If I don't, I don't think you really do. It is. It serious. is. You can hear it by the tone of my voice. This uh -huh. is a serious uh -huh. question. Oh, I'm sure. So we have the vampires that are sucking blood from children, <laughs> and they're also pedophiles. Uh -huh. Where exactly are they sucking that blood from? Uh, they come disguised as moils and suck it from the penises. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> you don't see Chick-fil-A giving out happy Satan meals. Michelle Bachman, we got the shares Bachman. The penis is like a straw to suck blood from young kids for vampires. Wait, that's you, why you don't do see you, bites on their necks. You said moles really weird, Dan. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> do you think the penis is a straw attached to a reservoir of blood behind and, the baby's abdomen? Until the balls drop, yep. <laughs> Once the balls drop, the, the source for that blood is cut off. <laughs> Oliver just wants to lick my tattoo, and he's not supposed to do that. What's your special powers now? I'm slower and in pain all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>